Frontier. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Death and is scheduled for one hour. Yeah, we're coming now. Hello and welcome to another edition of Wrestling Daft The Marks. I'm John, producer of Wrestling Daft. And uh, as usual, I'd like to invite my fellow Marks along with me. Sitting across from me virtually is a man better than the list of stars Triple H has buried. It's Big Alex. Sitting very comfortably this week, I might add. How is that? very comfortably. How are you sitting very comfortably this week? Because I have my ridiculous over-the-top Zubaz Macho Man pants oh, on. Oh, you've, 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 we've all ended up, but we've talked about Zubaz on this show for the last two weeks. You've got yours, Gary's got his, I'm waiting on mine's coming, so next week we'll all be matching, it'll be a beautiful thing. It'll be a beautiful yeah, thing. we have to give Bronze Cello a shout out, it was him who did alert us to the updated 30% sale at WWE.com. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So thanks very much to our uh, Mark from last week, Bronze Chill, for letting us know so we can all look wonderful on our Zubas. And you mentioned them there. Let's speak to a man who drops more names than Triple H drops water bottles. It's Gary Cassidy. Hello. How's it going? I actually thought Alex was saying that he uh, felt very comfortable because it looks like he's sitting on Triple H's throne just yeah, now, we, uh, with a photo behind him. We need to say it's a wee bit of a Triple H special. At the moment, we're on uh, all recording on Zoom. We've all got a picture of Triple H behind us. Alex has went for the King of Kings entrance from WrestleMania. Oh, it would have been like 28, 29? Yeah, was it 30? You'll know it anyway. It's the one with Charlotte and Alexa and Sasha. Gary, you've obviously been a mark for yourself and you've yeah. actually met Triple H and I've got a picture of you with Triple H. I was going to go for the one for um, either the Madison Square Garden return or for his ICW appearance, but then I thought, do you know what? I need to be a mark for myself. Yeah. It's the, I need to use this photo as much as I can. So, Absolutely. Aye. Put yourself over it. And I've just went for the traditional water spraying um, thing in the background. Talking of which... You know, we are actually cel- we're in the midst of celebrating the 25th anniversary of Triple H in WWE. Uh, so we thought we'd take this moment to celebrate Triple H's career. Now, I've got a challenge for you guys, right? I just thought it'd be a, a bit of a laugh. The Triple H challenge, right? Can you do the water spray? I, now, I told you before the show to get a glass of water or a bottle of water by the side. So... You've got to do the Triple H challenge, okay? So you've got to take a swig of water and then try and spray it like Triple H. Now stand back from your laptop for this because this could go terribly wrong, okay? So, I don't know how well this is going to be seen with the backgrounds, though. You might have to turn the background off for a second. Right, okay. Turn the background off, Alex. This is for our video viewers, of course, that you can see this on um, patreon.com forward slash wrestling if you sign up. So I'm going to get... Do you want me to go first and, and show you how it's done? Lead the way, John. Lead the way. You've obviously been practicing. I'm not. This is the first time. Apart from in the shower when I've tried it in the shower, this is the first time I've tried it, right? Just imagine Motorhead, the game's playing in the background. Right, here we go. How was that? That was fine. I'm not covered in water. Ah, so what? I, right, I Alex. Triple H was hosting the show for a second. Right, Alex, you're up next. Go. Oh, he's too old. He's everything. Ah, ah, decent, decent. I forgot that my work computer is sitting right here, so I hope that uh, my boss isn't listening to this podcast. Right, okay. Complete <laughs> job. Right, Gary, stand back from your computer. Let's see yours. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
I tried to get it as, as missed, but it didn't work. <laughs> oh, right, there we go. So yeah, I think there's a subtle art to it that we're all missing. You know, uh, it takes years of practice to be able to do that spray I'm properly. Impressed by my own effort there. Um, so yeah, we are we're talking about Triple H just a wee bit at the start of the show here. So 25 years, yeah. they obviously had the SmackDown celebration, which we'll get to later on uh, when we do our buddies and putovers. But um, yeah, 25 years of Triple H for you guys coming up through the Attitude Era. What are your buddy and putovers from his career? Let's start off, Alex, because I know you're a big fan. I start off with one that I'm 100% not sure if I want to bury or put over. So mm-hmm. this is this is the middle ground one. I'm undecided on this. His WrestleMania entrances. Ooh. Some of them are great, but some of them are terrible. I'm particularly pointing out that Terminator entrance. That Terminator entrance was horrific. Yeah. But then things like the King of Kings and a couple of the Lemmy ones, like when Lemmy played him in at WrestleMania. So yeah. it's that's a complete split bag. They're either great or terrible. And I'm not sure where I sit on that. Uh, yeah, it's hit and miss. It's hit and miss, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And I'm going to be quite nice to him. And the only thing I'm going to bury of him, because I'm in a nice mood, is his original wrestling name, which was Terra Rising. That is terrible. It's, 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 it's truly like awful. This was, this was before, I think, he was, he, was he Paul? I think he was Paul Levesque in WCW after Terra Rising, and then he came over and became Hunter Hearst Helmsley in WWE before becoming Triple H and stuff. So, yeah, not a good start. Not a good start. What about yourself, Gary, apart from meeting him? So I, um, I, I always go back to, you know, the DX stuff, because that's the earliest stuff I remember from him. But I, I'm going to need to out myself here. I was never a massive Triple H fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did always enjoy watching him, but my, my stuff that I like is more of his later stuff. And this is definitely going to be controversial. Obviously, I mentioned I love the, the MSG return and stuff like that. But the thing that always stands out is that WrestleMania match with Sting that had DX and the NWO in it. Because it, it was just one of the moments that I was like, man, this is my childhood come uh, like my adulthood. And no matter how bad it was, I still absolutely loved it. Um, but my main highlight for him isn't he actually any in ring stuff. It's what he's doing now. Um, because I think NXT, I would have never imagined NXT be anything like what it is back when it was, you know, season one of the, the essentially tough enough kind of rip-off that they've done. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, uh, my, my favourite thing is what he's doing now, which is probably not what a wrestler would want to hear uh, as we say in their corporate stuff is my favourite stuff they're doing. But aye, it has to be. Yeah, no, I think Daddy H is definitely how we all look at him now. And I think as well, like there was maybe some shades <laughs> of that through earlier through his career. If you look at his dedication to faction wrestling and stuff, it's something I've always appreciated right. for him as well, like Evolution DX. And you could even argue that things like Undisputed Era is obviously his like version of the NWO and stuff like that, you know? So Yeah, yeah. And what anything from his career you would like to bury, mate? Not really, because the stuff that I hated is still good. Like, it still needed to be there. Um, so the thing that I would probably go back to is the thing that I love. Uh, yeah, actually, no, do you know what? I'll bury the Katie Vick thing. I need yeah, to bury Katie. the Katie Vick thing. Um, but the, the, one that, the one I was going to mention, that I was going to bury that I, I just can't, is the, you know, um, taking Stephanie McMahon for a test. Because that was just an all-time segment. So I can't bury it. It was brilliant. Right. Fair enough. I think I think for me, um, you, you know, my, my buddies, I would go Katie Vick, definitely. I think everybody would. <laughs> my one, you know, and I was going to put over the NXT stuff, but from an in-ring performer, I thought he's very underrated as an in-ring performer. I always think you, you never get, when people do the, you know, the Mount Rushmore, no, that Triple H never even comes into conversation, but I think he's really underrated as an in-ring performer. Fair enough, he went over everyone. They pretty much wrestled. 
But from an in-ring performance, I've got to put the end of the Nira match at WrestleMania 28 when it was him versus Taker but with Shawn Michaels as guest ref and, and that hell myself. I thought it was an unbelievable match and the ending was incredible, you know, with the them walking up the ramp. thought that was great. The one thing I would bury from Triple H from not being in the ring and now doing the role, what a job, like you say, he's done with NXT, Gary. I just feel he toes that company line. Obviously, Vince McMahon is his father-in-law, but you just feel he doesn't agree with a lot of what is coming out of Towers. And you just think, you know, I think what I'm trying to say is I think the WWE will be a lot better place when it eventually, inevitably, ends up in his hands, you know? Well, that's the, the one thing that um, I've, I've definitely noticed for like, uh, like doing conference calls and stuff that he's on. You're right, obviously, it does toe the company line. I think it kind of has to because it's, it's his job. Um, but I think he's got that, you know, the, the balance. Uh, you, you said that there's a lot of things he disagrees with. I think that's what makes him brilliant and what makes WWE no get to steal, particularly NXT, because a lot of things he says, you're like, oh, yeah. Is just he is just a fan essentially. He's just a fan that uh, ended up being a wrestler and then ended up being a company guy as well. But I definitely agree with that. One other thing I would need to put over, which is one I don't think many people might think of instantly, the last Saudi Arabia match where he was teaming with Shawn Michaels <sighs> against Kane and Undertaker because he was the one person that carried that match and he had a ripped pectoral muscle as well. I agree. Also, okay, yeah, give him that. They were all, I, they were all blown at. But Arson, he managed to carry the match to the end and actually give it a, a finish. So, would would you have had the job if he hadn't been married to Steph? Though there's a question for you. Hmm. Anyway, let's carry on with the show as Alex shakes his head. Oh, yeah, it, was, it was meant to be a mystery, and you ruined it. <laughs> this week, uh, we've got something a bit special this week because Gary has been out and about doing his journalistic thing, and he managed to score us an interview with uh, the virtuosa Diona. Parazzo, Diona Parazzo, as I should say. Um, so we'll be getting all down from her. Gary, what can we expect from our chat? A lot of honesty. It was brilliant. It's, it's always it's the kind of thing where, see if you interview somebody after they've either been released to a company or if it's something that's kind of, you know, starting on a, a negative tone, you're always a wee bit apprehensive as to how to approach it and what they're going to say. Wasn't a problem at all with her. She was just honest. She, she gave her answers. Doesn't seem like... She was too bothered about burning bridges. She, it seems like she knows what she wants to do going forward. So I, it was absolutely brilliant. It was a pleasure for me because I've been a, a massive fan of hers since before she went to WWE. So really, really good interview for me. Great. Well, we'll hear that interview a bit later on the show on Fantasy Booking Island today. We we changed the rules up last week. So it's one versus one now with the other one judging. I had an absolute mare last week. So it basically means Alex is in charge of the book and it's me against Gary. Um, and he is one of us to book what, Alex? I would like to hear how you would have Charlotte drop the NXT title. Looking forward to that, and hopefully I won't have an absolute shiter like I did last week. Where well, we're going to give you an extra minute this week, John, since you proved you couldn't get your idea. No, 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 absolutely not. Two minutes is fine with me. Um, so we'll get on to that later on. Burying and putting over stuff from the show this week, of course, and Gary will have all the other news from the business. But first, it's that point in the show. It's time to cut a promo. I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. So he's coming down the ramp. He's got fire in his eyes. Has he got anger in his voice? Let's hand over the mic to Alex as he cuts this week's promo. So, so let's talk about Nia Jax. 
What the hell is going on here? No, no, no. Listen, Alex, can I just pause you there? I don't know if you heard the wrestling daft from last week when Grado started ranting about unsafe wrestlers and then basically that was... I have, and that's that's what's inspired this. Because, like, okay, I've right. a little bit of digging, right, on the back of what Grado said. I think the man, in this situation, he's definitely the one of us who's closest to the business. Uh-huh. So let's let's examine that. So we, right, I well, go, we, go, go ahead, go. Right, so they've been attempting to book her as this, like, giant of the women's division, right? The example booking I'd use would always be Awesome Kong. You know, it takes a degree of crush to do all these squash moves and power moves and a degree of responsibility. A lot of people have been saying that she was maybe brought from NXT too fast and that's why she was too green. But if you look back at her career, in NXT, there wasn't really any problems. There's no one, the kind of incidents with her in NXT. And then she even got her big mania moment with Bliss and that ridiculous bullying storyline. And then ever since then, they've been kind of experimenting with this idea of turning her into a, into a heel instead of a face. So the recklessness kind of started back with, there was the bit when she didn't catch Charlotte, she need Asuka to the face. Then you had the big Betty facebreaker moment. All these other ones since then, have they just been works? Have we just been getting worked? Do you know what I mean? Like, because at the end of the day, we're all like, oh, she's in this righteous position because of the, she's a cousin with a rock. No one actually thinks she's proper heel heat. It's all just, I don't know. It's a, it's a feeling that you don't want to see her, which is just not what you want from a heel. So is this again, WWE, for lack of a better word, fucking with us? Or is she just... <laughs> that bad <laughs> well that bad's probably a bit unfair that unsafe really to be fair and legitimately could they just be trying to do something character wise with this mm. and have we all worked ourselves up into a little tiff and we're all talking about it and it's given her character a push and she's getting over on twitter and she's getting beef with ronda rousey and is it working so are you cutting a promo against people that are cutting promos on IRL? I don't know. I got, you, I got very lost halfway through that, John. I'm not really too sure. <laughs> <laughs> so as wrestling fans, we all love a bit of merch, don't we? You know, we all go I'm on still to... still waiting for my sweatpants. Yep, Alex has got his Zuba, Macho Man Zuba sweatpants on. And... Oh, I want my wrestling daft sweatpants, John. That's what I want. Well, listen, we need to get that in the merch when you're wearing your inner circle. I, myself, today, I'm sporting one of our Wrestling Daft t-shirts entitled I'm a Mark, which you can find at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash Wrestling Daft. Not only will you find an I'm a Mark t-shirt, you'll also find lots of other uh, catchphrases from the show up there, including I'm a Take a Bump for you, Chips, Cheese and Donner Meat, uh, Margaret There's a Fiend, and uh, our new one, I'm a Wrestler Tay. Now, if you heard Wrestling Daft on Friday, I think it's gonna, there's a new design on its way entitled Alexa, who is Graham Steveley? Um, please, if you've not heard uh, the last episode of Wrestling Daft, go back and listen to it and it'll all make sense. Gradle faced his greatest opponent, forget Drew McIntyre, forget Red Lightning, he took on Alexa and lost. So, uh, Alexa, the next third man. <laughs> Alexa, who is Graham Stevely, might just be our next t-shirt. And you'll be able to get that along with all the others at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. And if you do buy a t-shirt, make sure you get a pick on with it. We'll put you up on our social media and stick you in the Hall of Fame. So that's shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. (laughs) 
So every week on the Mark Show, we like to take a look at all the wrestling television from the week, and we basically bury and put over stuff from the shows. Now, myself, I do NXT, Alex does AEW, and Gary does Raw. And every week, we like to welcome one of our listeners, one of our fellow Marks, onto the show. And this week, it's no exception, as we welcome to the show, Shane. Hello. Shane, thank, thank you, you very much for having us. Well, listen, thank you very much for taking the SmackDown bullet for us. Um, thanks for listening to Wrestling Daft Marks. Now, we ask this question to all our guest Marks each week. What are your wrestling credentials? So, as Ali mentioned in your first podcast, he was part of a backyard wrestling company, which uh, I kind of founded. I have the most title wins in that company, the most title losses as well, which is TCW. Um, so, there would be my wrestling credentials. I also did try out for the GPWA wrestling school. Got through wow. the first eight weeks, uh, which was good. Uh, didn't continue after, I think it continued maybe another six or seven weeks. And then kind of gave it up. But yeah, it was, it was a good experience. And yeah, can I do my wrestling credentials. I'm intrigued why you gave up. Who, well, first of all, who were your trainers at GPWA? Uh, so yeah, there was uh, five of them. So the Lionheart, uh, Wolfgang, Red Lightning, uh, BT, definitely was one more. This is embarrassing. They were, they were the four. Um, Jester as well. Is it Jester? I. Jester, yeah, sorry, sorry. Feel so bad. Yeah, Jack Jester as well. You've officially got some heat on you there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so they, they were the five um, that trained us. Jester was actually one that trained us more than anyone else, to be fair. You have more wrestling credentials than the three of us put together. <laughs> You've actually been in the ring and done, taken a bump. None of us have done that. So well played to you, mate. So you've definitely got the wrestling credentials. And again, apologies for making you watch SmackDown, but we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> Let's kick off then, and feel free to chip in as well, Shane, uh, with your views. Let's kick off with last week's AEW, Alex. Well, this was a very, very good show this week. Like a very, very good show. And I have very little to bury, so I'm going to get really, really, really picky. So, first up, these naming conventions. What the hell is up with these naming conventions, right? I am I'm the first person in the world to love a little bit of alliteration, but first of all, we had the murder hawk monster. Does, does the monster need to be there? <laughs> and this week, we had Mr. Mayhem. I mean, I get it's maybe a reference to Dr. Death, Steve Williams, or whatever his name was, but... Yeah, no. And the fact that Tony Schiavone at one point used the term, he is just too much mayhem. Can someone please clarify to me what too much mayhem <laughs> is and how Wardlow became that person? Surely anything over zero is too much mayhem. <laughs> <laughs> and of all the people to give that gimmick to, a man that doesn't talk, like to me, mayhem, you know, they should be like crazy. He's oh like man, a- you seen him on a night out though. <laughs> I haven't been watching enough of MGS's uh, online vlogs then of his next week. <laughs> oh, he's crazy. Once he gets a couple of pints, I'm always late for the party, I'll tell you. Make him all the way. Take, I'd imagine he takes more than a couple of pints as well. Like, he's a big boy. He's a big boy. Like Timmy Mal on Coke. It's <laughs> always you with the drug references, John. See, that's what I was saying, mate. There's always, there's no smoke without fire. And, and right, I mean, I'm going to have to do it two weeks in a row, but I'm going to have to target a certain Mr. Christopher Irvin again for the second week in a row. For the flim flam, I mean, really, do we need TikTok dances in wrestling? Do we? Do we need it? No, no. I, don't I mean, know what flim flam is. I'm I'm completely new to this. I think I'm beyond my years. What is oh, a flim flam? Is it oh, something oh, that can oh, be oh. verbally? 
please, okay, so, so they did please a sp- demonstrate, Alex, for the, the people that are watching this. <laughs> Obviously, if you do want to watch this, you can do patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. But please, please, for now, Alex, demonstrate to Gary what the flim flam is. Do they just do little dancey bits? And then they just do like a five second dance. And then the next one did a five <laughs> second dance. And yeah, it's... So, so it was it Rab was saying a few weeks ago that he thought Jericho has been really classy in how he navigated this isolation. He's officially no longer classy with this isolation if he's right. joining in the in the TikTok craze of the current moment. So, well, yeah, I'm I'm clutching at straws to find things to bury here. So, obviously, <laughs> over then. This is this is going to sound like a bit of an all encompassing one, but I just want to put over the general production of the show, right? So that first five minutes was was exactly how you want to start a wrestling show. So you had that really, really good Cody promo with him talking through all the contenders in the tournament, made the tournament feel really special. I think, yeah, they've had to rush this tournament out of nowhere, but it was the right choice and they've made some compelling TV with it. And then you just cut into that, just Jericho and Shivani on the commentary desk and then all just the promo packages that just fired up to that leading up to the first match. It was, people call them the new WCW. That to me was just some of the, just the best of WCW and the way they used to produce good television just right there at the start I thought it was thought it was great and even if you look at the way they've been doing a lot of the camera angles they've been how to put it making the use of the space that they've got and they've been not making it feel like it's an empty arena and I think that's been you've got to really take your hat off to them and yeah that was just fantastic I had noticed that they brought the entrance way right up to the, the, the front of the ring over the last couple of weeks which I thought was actually a very very smart idea I mean they were able to do that which I thought you know, well, I think what they've done is they've went and hired like, it just looks like, because if you notice, there's AstroTurf there. I think they've just yeah. went and hired like a five-a-side football pitch or an indoor sports arena. And it's, um, somewhere. it's the, as far as I believe, it's Jacksonville. We've got a mini, like, uh, AstroTurf training surface that they've hired at an indoor training surface. So I don't know uh, if the, the ramp thing was forced or if it was a decision they made, but it's good. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think they've done a fantastic job with maintaining good quality taped TV during all of this and not had some bit, lose, not really losing a step from the missing a crowd. Like the only time I've really missed it was for say the Matt Hardy debut you could have really used it and that Moxley Hager main event a couple of weeks ago, which just kind of died without a crowd. But yeah, they've been doing a fantastic job of capitalizing on that and making the product feel different and yeah. good because of it. Yeah. And then our, what's your put over mate? Well, someone we've been missing far too much from AEW recently. We had a beautiful little video package update from Mr. Maxwell Jacobs Friedman on his injury, on his wee problem with his pinky, and that he couldn't come and entertain all his fans. And yeah, it was just beautifully on point, really, wasn't it? It's just classic MJF, and I'm glad they've started kind of getting him back in with the blogs and stuff as well as he's missed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think MJF is one of the best promos in the business right now, and just as a pure, utter heel hateful guy oh he's just brilliant he's just fantastic isn't he and yeah yeah, no that was a terrific show and they also did sneak in a couple of cheeky wee highlights of their BTE 200 match between Mac and Nat and Nick they did last week as well just to kind of give themselves a little bit more self-promotion who doesn't want to see a super kick with tax on the shoot and what was matching the night mate I really uh, I really liked uh, Cassidy versus Havoc because I'm just a huge fucking mark for for (laughs) Orange Cassidy yeah I just He's just so good in the ring. They're doing so much with him. He's just got such a unique offense. And we got a nice little splits from Penelope Ford. So what, what more could you want, really? Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, cool. Uh, thanks for that, Alex. Um, move on to NXT. 
Um, I wasn't drunk when I watched it this week, actually. I was sober, and uh, my Wi-Fi dropped out, so I didn't actually see the main event this week either, because <laughs> I was watching it last night. So I've come well prepared, as ever, boys. Um, listen, just going over at NXT, I thought it was a decent enough show. Um, you know, they're very focused, obviously, on the Cruiserweight um, tournament at the moment. So there was like three matches from that on the show, which was okay. It was all right. It was okay, what it was. Before you start, can we ban you from putting over anything to do with the Kira Tazawa's theme tune? Yes, you can. You can do that because Tazawa wasn't on the show. It wasn't on the show. <laughs> so it was fine. It was all good. But there was some interesting parts. Let's, you know, I'll start off in, on the buddies as well as you did. Um, Right now, this I've got big issues with this, and it's probably not a buddy just now, but in weeks to come, it might be. Is it me, or is this spud thing just seem like a work to you? Now on NXT, they actually it would have been a buddy for me already, man. I hate it. (laughs) On NXT, they actually showed the video that he posted. You know, obviously, it's emotional when he was released. He posted this emotional video up. Now, they went and showed that on NXT. Now, for me, that spells that it is going to be a work and that, you know, he, he didn't win his match, right? So, but I've got a funny feeling that he's going to come back and win the next two and then go on and win the Cruiserweight belt. Based, and listen, I want to see the guy keep work because he's a fin- just actually going on to the putovers just quickly. Seeing him in the ring just reminds how good a ring, in-ring performer he actually is. But, you know, this whole, they played the package of this emotional speech and then went into the match and they were really playing it and really hamming it up. So I've just got a bad feeling it's a work. And if it is a work, I think it's completely and utterly insensitive. Um, do, do you think it was a work before he did the video? Or do you think he did the video and then they've gone, oh, wait a second, look how much traction this is getting. Yeah. Let's use this. That's exactly what it is, Shane. That is exactly what it is. Now, I'll be really disappointed it is. So I'm going to bury that because... If they do, they should have done that. Listen, if 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 they, they did see that video, like you say, Shane, and we thought this guy can really go, they shouldn't have then used that on television. They should have just kind of, they shouldn't have played off that. Now I've seen why they play off that for the, for obviously money reasons, but you should have just went quiet word with you, Spud. Listen, you're going to keep your job, and we'll we'll do it that way, not play off it because there's so many other people out there that have lost their job. So yeah, I'm kind of prematurely burying that. I think. Um, let's go to somebody else I'm going to bury, Jake Atlas. Right, now this guy's obviously a clearly great in-ring performer. Man, his finisher, that cartwheel DDT, oof, that is good. That is tremendous. But, my God, wallpaper promo. It was just like, here's a wrestler by numbers cutting a promo. Like, the good thing was, again, I'm kind of switching between buddies and putovers, is, they had lots of little packages throughout, which I think I feel is a, a lost thing in wrestling today. They, they were building characters on the, the Cruiserweight company saying, right, this is what this guy's been doing, this is what this has been doing, this is this is the character building. They had that throughout the show, which I really like, but my God, they shouldn't even bother with him. It was just like wrestler by wrestling by numbers. It was just so wallpaper. I don't know who wrote, wrote it for him or if, if he's done it himself, but awful, awful. And let's just, you know, fuck flop it as well. Let's just bury right now the Gargano, Candice LeRae dinner scene. Why do all the women in NXT have to dye their hair when they go from, when they go face I've written that down. <laughs> <laughs> I've written that down. Like, Is she trying to parody you because they have a thing? I don't, I don't. It's like, how to turn heel in NXT? Dye your hair and wear black. There is how to turn heel in NXT. But I thought, I, I thought it was just 
I didn't like it at all. I see what they were trying to do with it, but I, I just don't think. Did it you was. not quite like the cup on the table though? Just like dismounted in the middle of the table, like a centerpiece. <sighs> yeah, I, just... I like that. That was the only good bit in the segment. It didn't work for me. It didn't work for me. But um, let's go over. I've I've done a couple of put, the putovers. Like I say, Drake's in ring work was was tremendous. Uh, the promo stuff I thought will help, really help the car. And I think there's another diamond in that women's division. Um, when I saw uh, it was Mia Kim versus Jessie Kamea. Now I believe she's in, been developmental for right. a wee while. Big girl, great yeah. look, and looked really really comfortable in the ring. I think she'll 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 do well. She looks really really good. So. That was my putovers and buddies, and I'll go match tonight. Do you know what I want to? I think. Well, obviously I missed the main event because, but um, I think if I'd seen it, it would probably be match tonight. But as it didn't, I'm going to go for the, the women's uh, tag at the start. Right. Well, that's uh, it from NXT. Uh, let's go to Shane for SmackDown. So the two picking over. I'm picking over the SmackDown. Was a, it was a good show uh, to begin with. I thought it was good pace. A good while. Two picking over. I'm going to pick one over, and then I'll do the what I'm putting down, and then go back and over. So I'm going to put over the Drew and Baron Corbin match. Uh, it wasn't best match ever, but it was good pace. It was quite exciting. Some good moves, and then and obviously in the end, we've seen Cesaro and Nakamura interfere, grab Daniel Bryan, and Baron Corbin won, and then at the end of it hit him over the head and we've seen the three of them standing tall. Thought it was a good match in general so that's why I'm putting that over. Just it was kind of exciting. The whole pace of SmackDown I thought was quite good up until the last half. Do you think they're going to try and build another Baron Corbin mid-card stable and try and remove I hope not. That that was one thing I was slightly worried about at the end when there was the three of them sitting over there was Baron Corbin, Cesaro and Nakamura standing over him after he hit him over the head. I was slightly worried they were going to go down that route but I'm hoping it was just the fact that there was three heels standing over him. Zayn's not working at the moment, isn't he? So he's, we haven't seen Zayn in a while. So maybe they're just using Baron temporarily and just recycling the storylines, maybe? I, I hope not. I hope it was just a case of the three heels standing over him. Fingers crossed. I also didn't like the fact that he came out with Daniel Bryan's music and not his own music. Because it's a bit like, well, he's his own wrestler. Obviously, right. Daniel Bryan was there. I thought the match itself was quite good. Um, I hadn't really seen Drew wrestle that much, uh, so I thought he did quite well. Um, there was no like standout points throughout the night, and I said, well, you know what, that match was probably quite entertaining, so that's why I was getting put over. Um, I'll go on to... Actually, I'll go on to the next up, which was the Sasha Banks-Lacey Evans match, which I thought was match of the night, in my opinion. A lot better than expected. Didn't expect much from it. But they got quite aggressive hitting each other's heads off like the, the new kind of like ring pole with the the electronics on the side of it. So it was quite good. Both, both of them did that at separate points and it was quite an aggressive match. And the reason I thought it was a good match as well because people moan about everything being predictable. So if you go into this match before the match, you think, yeah, Sasha Banks is going to win this. She'll go on, she'll win the money in the bank. She'll cash in on Bailey. However, it didn't end up that way. So... Bailey gets involved in the match. She gets grabbed by uh, Lacey Evans, who pulls her up by her, ha- her hair. And then Sasha rolls up Lacey. Could have been like a seven or eight count. The referee's dealing with Bailey, and then Lacey ends up winning. So Lacey ends up winning, which I thought was surprising. So I think that's good as well. I don't I, obviously Sasha 
a big fan of her. I'd like to see her win the money in the bank, but I think that's good to kind of like swerve us a wee bit as well. Uh, there's other ways they can do it that's not predictable. Uh, that leads us on to my first down, unfortunately. So as Sasha Banks and Bailey are leaving the match, Nia Jax's music hits. And then there's about a two-minute pause, maybe, maybe not that long, maybe like a minute pause, where you know Nia Jax is coming out, so Sasha Banks and Bailey decided to keep looking at the ring rather than turn around behind them. And then eventually Nia Jax comes out and uh, hits Bailey with a super kick. It just looked awful and like you knew that she was coming. So why not be like waiting for her? Why are we staring at the ring? For me, I thought that was absolutely terrible. She just does great things, doesn't Nia? Just, just, just great, isn't she? Just, <laughs> sorry, did I say Nia awesome. Jax? I, I, sorry, not Nia Jax. I repeat it, sorry. Tamina, apologies, Tamina. Tamina. Uh, sorry, sorry, I get them I see, confused. I see why you got them confused. I, I, I apologize. It's because I was talking about Nia Jax earlier on when I was right. Sorry, Tamina. <laughs> Tamina super kicks are not Nia Jax. But for me, it was, it was just so obvious. That, like, she, her music hits and there's a good pause before she comes out. And then Bailey looks and then they realize, oh, she's not there. So then they both look back at the ring. And yeah, it was, it was pretty awful. It was pretty awkward to be fair, and then obviously the super kick happened. If it happened quite smoothly, it would have been good, I thought. And then the next down is probably the most talked about segment of the night. It's obviously Triple H's, uh, Triple H's 25th anniversary, which they've obviously been pushing for the last few weeks, pushing obviously to get the ratings up. And then if it's coming on last segment, that's why keep people entertained and stuff like that and keep people watching for that. But they didn't do the usual thing. Triple H came out. I thought it was quite good. He came, he came out, went to dra- grab his bottle of water, had his bottle of water, then a guy came and grabbed it off him before he could do his like, spit up. Got in the ring, barely spoke, two words maybe, and Shawn Michaels comes out. They have a usual chat, but rather than showing Triple H's good moments, they show those bad moments, all his losses at WrestleMania, all the kind of... When DX, like uh, all the offcuts of like DX when they fucked up on the on the promos and stuff like that, which that was that was okay, not bad. And then out comes Vincent Kennedy McMahon, and uh, yeah, it was just a bit awkward. Didn't really know what he was talking about for a bit. Couple of inside jokes brought up, obviously the Kate Vick Vicks thing, which I didn't think they were going to bring up. Told Triple H he loved him, which is a little bit cringy, and then told Sean he loved him as well, which I thought was really cringy. And then, yeah, it was just really weird, and I didn't think it went in tone with the rest of the night. There was all kind of building up to that, and it was a bit of a like, lackluster end. They had that segment at any other point, I wouldn't have minded it. But if you're going to roast Triple H, do it well. And then uh, Vince Man left. They shut off all the lights in the arena. And then there was a few jokes from Triple H and Shawn Michaels about how he's kicking them out. And then, yeah, that's how SmackDown ended. I just thought it didn't go with the tone of the rest of the night. And I thought the rest of the night up until that point was quite good. Oh, really? Wow. Um, and you were saying match night's probably the Sasha match, was it? Yeah, for me, I think were, all the matches were all right. Like in, it's, I feel like just in this kind of age, yeah. like uh, people can be quite critical. And I thought, you know what? They actually did a good job. I enjoyed it. Thanks for that, Shane. Thanks for doing SmackDown. Let's move on to Raw with Gary. Hi. Um, so as always, I'm going to start with the biddies. Um, I like to get the rubbish stuff out of the way first and then move on to the stuff I enjoyed. One thing that I absolutely hate in wrestling for a start, it's when they announce a match and then don't have the match. It's also when they book themselves into a corner and can they book themselves back out of that corner. 
and they done that really badly last night. Um, they announced the only match that was announced. They hadn't announced much for Raw. They announced the, the, the contract signing. That was it. Um, and they announced a match between Shayna Baszler, Nia Jackson, Asuka, which was obviously the triple threat between the three people on the Raw side of the Money in the Bank. So straight away, I'm thinking, you know, who, who's going to be producing this? How are they going to get out of making anybody look weak? Well, what they done was they had Asuka come to the ring. Obviously, the match is going to start, but there's no referee in the ring. Um, and then they had all three women come out to the ring. I'll give them all due. All three women weren't in the ring at one time, but there wasn't a referee there anyway to start the match if they were on the ring at one time. Uh, and they ended up a kind of weird segment where they kind of brawled. Nia Jax threw a ladder over for the ring onto the two, the other two outside the ring. And it was just bad. Um, I was on Twitter. I'm, I'm always kind of on Twitter looking through everything as I'm watching Ron Smackdown. And everybody's gone, how did Nia Jax win that match? Because they just hadn't gotten on it. There wasn't a referee. They'd also, like, it wasn't the most enthralling thing. They'd, like, me stop paying attention, just look back up and thought Nia Jax won a random match that lasted two seconds. Uh, it was terrible. If you're going to do that, just don't have the match in the first place. It's, it's easy enough to just know have the match. As much as I hate contract signings and segments like that, you could just have the three of them in the ring talking. I don't really, I don't mind that. Um, so I hated that. Really, really hated that. Um, the other thing I'm going to bury, it was going to be contract signings. Uh, so Drew McIntyre, while well, he gets an honorary put over every week, I need to honorary bury the segment it was in last night because I hate contract signings, even if they're done well, which they were a few, a few months ago. There was decent ones. They're still pretty bad. Um, but that's not a bury. The thing I need to bury is Garza and Andrade in theory still looking very weak. Um, they, they still can't get a win. Uh, they were competing against three people last night that are all going to be rivals, and they still couldn't get a win. They're amazing. Like Zelina Vega is amazing on the mic. I said it last week. She's like for me, if you put her in a general general manager role, she'd be brilliant. Other managers uh, managing anybody, she's brilliant. But they're just not booting them right. Um, and it had me thinking back to. Um, you know, I love my name drops, but when I interviewed Seamus, he spoke about how the League of Nations were set up to get Roman over, and it made me think, is this the same thing where they've been put together and they're never going to truly be like a... They're showing signs that they're cracking and Andrade was blaming like the other two on, on um, him losing the tag team match at the start. I just think they need to book them a wee bit stronger and then it means they will be a formidable faction and they'll put over whoever, you know, beats them eventually. So I just, I didn't like that. Um, in terms of putting over, I'm going back to that first match and I'm putting over uh, my favourite thing. Going off in a, a really slight tangent here that will last like 10 seconds. One of my favourite things all the time, sorry if this is a spoiler to anybody that hasn't seen Reservoir Dogs, but it's when there's an orange balloon in the background that hints at Mr. Orange being the guy that, um, that it ends up being the, you know, the, the, main, the main villain. So, during the tag team match on Raw, Angel Garza is wearing his leopard print uh, jacket, looking like the Tiger King, leopard print jacket, green velour trousers. He whips off the trousers, throws them at Rey Mysterio, who is wearing all green, and flings Rey Mysterio out of the ring. Rey Mysterio does a, a Superman slide, essentially, out of the ring, but the green trousers look like he's wearing a cape, and he looks like Hurricane Helms himself. Uh, and it was just for me I, I just that moment was so brilliant and accidental that I'm like that's probably been the highlight of Raw maybe any Raw this year for me just <laughs> how brilliant it was um, I, 
stole, stole the gif and uploaded it, and uh, both Galza and Helms uh, retweeted it, and it seemed to pop them. Oh, so I was just like, that's, that's brilliant. That's got to be a put over, no uh, matter what else happens. <laughs> we twer pop for Gary. Um, I, I'll, I'll put myself over for uh, being uh, good at Twitter as well. Um, but speaking of people that are good at things, the other thing that I was going to put over, <laughs> flawless segue, the other thing I was going to put over, um, just regarding people being brilliant at things, was Samoa Joe being back on commentary. Um, you know, I, I mentioned it last week that Jerry Lawler, I wasn't feeling it. Um, Samoa Joe is brilliant. Uh, it just brings everything. It brings legitimacy, it brings credibility. <laughs> He can talk. We know that for his promos. He's brilliant at talking. Wiley, you know, it's disappointing not being able to see him in the ring, but he's injured, so you can't really excuse that. But having him on commentary is the next best thing for me. Um, but the, the, another wee additional put over that I need to say, the way WWE have built Apollo Crews as a star from being essentially the picture um, over the last few weeks, he had that match with Alistair Black, and then for that, they've just kind of transformed them. And they done Mel last night for them in the space of three hours um, and being in a few segments. They done more in that space of time than they have in, in his entire career at making me invested in the character. So mm. definitely that's another wee additional put over. Yeah, yeah. Gonna be, do you think it's just a wee, wee bump for him? Though, or do you think this could be a long-term thing for, for Paul? Well, I think, um, I, I don't know if you've seen what happened after Raw, but essentially he got pulled for the Money in the Bank match, which without giving the game away, it was already recorded, so it is definitely a storyline injury, um, which I think isn't bad, because I would much rather they'd done this with him, and then he had like proper you know, sympathy for the audience, and then he's got like a, a forward into an Andrade feud, where there actually has something to do with it. Unlike you know, Andrade, Humberto Carrillo, they kind of tried us and it didn't work. Um, I think this is much better than him being in the Money in the Bank match. Oh, cool, we had an alright wee show, and then we forget about him. I think this is a, a good way to actually build the character. Mm-hmm. And I'm invested, I think he's brilliant in the ring. He was only ever missing being a good character, and I think this might add that wee, wee bit of character work to him. Can I address the elephant in the room, Gary? Oh, go for it. Uh, A certain wrestler returned and looked very, very strong in his return. A certain ex-WWE champion. Am I the only one who's slightly concerned that he might be Drew's uh, next opponent? (laughs) No, uh, you actually kind of, you beat me to that. I deliberately didn't mention him. And he's like, oh, sorry. Because for me, it was match of the night. Um, <laughs> like you know, I've I've said this a few times. Um, I would much rather a short match that gets to the point and does everything that's meant today than you know a long classic corners and ear falls all that stuff. John didn't mention him. I need to mention Akira Tozawa because he is absolutely brilliant at selling. He stole everything for Jindal how perfectly, and it, it's an annoying one for me because while I would love to see Tozawa get more offense in during these raw matches, he is then brilliant at building people. Um, Jinder Mahal, I thought, looked amazing when he came back. And I really do hope that he is. Drew McIntyre's next challenger. I just hope he doesn't win the title. Um, but I don't like him. He could be the last minute. That. He could be Apollo <laughs> Crews' replacement for Money in the Bank, win the title, and then cash it on Drew that night. He could already be. I, mean, I don't want Jinder Mahal to be like challenging Drew for the title, only because I feel like it makes his title reign pointless. You should be challenging top people. Like may- maybe on a raw and do an open challenge, challenging. But if you want Drew to be a, con- a serious contender, you shouldn't be having pay per views against Jinder Mahal 
Where people Problem in that calendar, in my opinion. I think because there's a story there. That's the, that's my. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. That that does not draw. Drew versus Gender does not draw. Agreed. And then will be then, yeah, then, then Drew will be called a failure. That Should we talk to your people? No. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. I don't. I actually don't have a major issue with it though because I don't think there's enough credible heels apart from Rollins in no. uh, Raw just now to, to yeah, go. Because AJ is dead. Well, yeah, that that's the that's the issue for is like, but that doesn't mean you just go to mediocre. Bring someone in, build them up properly. A poker. I just, I, I just, I just don't see gender being like. For me, I, I think it'll ruin his title reign. Okay, well, well, we'll agree to disagree on that one, Shane. But listen, yeah. thank you so much for coming on and being. No a problem. Month. Thank you very much for having us. Yeah, it's been great to have you on, mate. Really, really good. Um, and thank you. Yeah, we expect to see, maybe you can pick up your GPWA train. We'll see you in the ring sometime. Perhaps, maybe. Thank <laughs> you very much for having us. Keep up the Thank good work. You. Thank you very much. And remember, if you want to get your burning put orders for Rab and Grady on the flagship show, you can do that. It's dead easy. Just head to our Twitter at Wrestling Daft. You'll get us on Insta at Wrestling Daft Podcast. Just Wrestling Daft on Facebook, and you can give us your burying put overs till your heart's content. <laughs> It's the wrestling news. Dun, dun, dun. With Gary Gaston. Alex, you're looking at me with disgust. <laughs> I was, I was, I was going to be silent until you did the big Ben noise at the end. It's a new edition. No, <laughs> so, um, wrestling news. What is going on, Gary? Hunters, I follows on for uh, the releases, essentially. The release news is rolling on another week. Um, obviously, everybody's wondering where people are going to end up. Uh, the revival. Um, I don't think it's any any secret that they are probably chomping at the bit to go elsewhere uh, after after their recent WWE run. And it looks like AEW might be the location. Um, you know, being the uh, It's kind of been teased for a while, all this uh, FTR stuff. The Young Bucks have been saying it for a long time. They've been teasing a match with the Revival ever since they were in WWE. But it seems like the FTR, obviously, is now a, a trademark that the Revival have got. It's now um, the, the Revolt, they're called, essentially. But that FTR showed up in an episode of Being the Elite. We know how this normally turns out. It's, uh, you know, the Matt Hardy thing, people are going, oh, is, is it a work and it's a swerve? With this, you'd probably have to imagine that it's not um, revived. You'd have to think are probably a pretty good fit for AEW. I would think they would make a, a good addition to their roster. The the weird, interesting thing is the revival. It is uh, kind of almost or pretty much all but confirmed that they don't have a non-compete clause. Um, so they could essentially turn up at any point in AEW. Obviously, AEW right now are working off a recorded schedule. As far as people know, they've not been there. Um, so it seems like it could be as early as double or nothing, um, which obviously hasn't gone ahead with a live taping. Um, or it could even be a wee bit before that. But, you know, that would seem like the logical place to have them. Um, who knows? Uh, it would be good to see them there. Um, but I, I think they're the kind of tag team that could go a few places. First, I don't think they need to go AEW immediately, but... People would probably more if they didn't. So it'd be good to see them there. The young bucks get that match out of the way and, and maybe see where we go for there. 
Um, we can we quickly highlight well. how ridiculous the Revival's new names are and that they both sound like they're working in a slightly different industry. Aye. <laughs> and uh, apparently the Revolt is already a tag team's name out there that the Revival have known for many years, so they've got a wee bit of, wee bit of heat with that. <laughs> well, they're working limited because they need to keep their FTR, really, don't they? They need something aye, that with all... the, something beginning with R. Only so many words that they're beginning with R that you can use. So I get, and I quite like Revolt as well because it obviously plays into them not wanting to be a part of WWE for the last couple of years and, and revolting from it. So it, it kind of makes sense. It's just a shame that somebody else had took the name first. Let's um, think of better names for them beginning with the word R. Well, I mean, there's things like the Renaissance, but now that would just make <sighs> me think of the Vaud villains. You know what I mean? It's not really in character, is it? Uh, ridiculous uh. rhubarb. The rhubarb, I think I'd just stick with that. John's suggestion. The uh, rhubarb. The rhubarb is the new name for the revival. And, <laughs> and the, th- the stuff that they had uh, pitched that they now have a t-shirt of that was WWE's latest idea for them was red and yellow. So there rhubarb. you go. Like rhubarb and custard. Uh, the rhubarb. It's the rhubarb now. That's an amazing <laughs> name, Brian. There you go. Um, so, uh, yeah. Aye. I mean, do you think they'll throw away the Young Bucks revival match at Double or Nothing without a crowd? No, I think they'll, no, I think they'll tease it. Aye. Yeah, they won't, they won't go straight in with that, will they? Nah. I can, I can actually see them going straight into the title, the tag team main event scene, going straight in with like Page and Omega oh, or something aye, like aye, that, aye. rather than the Bucks. Because I think, I think they, would, they have the notoriety, they have, I mean, I just, I'm a little bit wary if they'd have, say, Moxley and The Revival both as champions at the same time. I think too many people would get a little bit too, oh my God, it's TNA all over again. Oh, here's the he spot the AW mark, spot the AW <laughs> mark. Um, and there's more uh, news on releases. We've just heard this recently today. Kendall Asquez. Aye, um, so it's a weird one. It, weirdly, it was never actually added to WWE's website, so it's, it's impossible to even follow up on this without getting an official line because um, he's not on their website anywhere to be seen, apart from you know, the stuff he's been involved in. But he is said to be the most recent release um, as this was reported by Dave Meltzer. Um, obviously, we only seen him once officially. I want to say that Brock Lesnar. Ma- well, obviously, we seen him before that, but in the ring, I think we only seen him in a match once. That uh, Brock Lesnar match. There was weird stuff that happened. Um, so when I was doing it, that BT thing, he was there, and he was adamant that it was going to be in the Royal Rumble. Obviously, it didn't happen, and um, we don't know if it was ever meant to be or if it, if it just ended up kind of getting thrown in the can, that idea. Um, but he did have a knee injury, pretty bad knee injury that he's said to have worked through when he was working with Brock Lesnar. <sighs> Weirdly, I, I don't know if any of you have seen his stuff with AAA, but he looked like he had a, a good knack for wrestling, um, and it didn't really get showcased because they'd done the Brock Lesnar thing as like a mock UFC fight. So it's kind of annoying that if, if he has been let go, um, but of course, you know, probably on a, a, a high wage, you'd have to imagine he's on some pretty big bucks. Um, so if you, it's no, you know, it's, it's no something you'd be surprised about if he's gone. Um, you'd imagine him back in AAA pretty quickly then. I, it's the kind of thing that I, I think he was so passionate about wrestling that I think he would continue it no matter what the money was. So I think you could probably see him back in AAA or maybe elsewhere. Um, but I will wait and see if it gets confirmed. I reached out. I've not heard anything yet. Weirdly tried to reach out to Kane uh, Velasquez officially. And his website has been bought over by a porn company, which is odd. So it just directs you to a 
kind of escort service. Um, ah, that's I, what you told your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I was honestly, I was looking for the cream glass. I was looking for a contact with cream glass. Maybe, maybe, this is the, maybe now he's been uh, like, like, oh, this is his new way of getting ah, it. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe he's <laughs> going to join a gimmick or something. Um, but I, so, so that, that, that was that, essentially. We, we think he's gone. Um, he was a name that was said after another name, a bit of, a bit of surprise name, Jerry Briscoe. Um, He's been with the company for years, um, but apparently he's a goner as well. We don't know if that's if he's been let go or if he's been followed, but aye, it doesn't seem like he's going to be there any any longer. Obviously, that's not something we'll really see the effects of in front of the camera, apart from the odd time we bring him back to win the twenty four seven championship. <laughs> um, but aye, apparently he's he's gone as well. Um, as we know on uh, releases as well overall, I think. This is kind of pretty common knowledge, um, but I'll, I'll see if it adds to anything that anybody else knows. So the, the main roster ones, the ones that were confirmed on the website, well, they are 90 days. Um, for the interviews, the Diona Perazzo one and one with MJ Jenkins that he was in NXT, they've confirmed that they can do whatever they want after 30 days and they are completely paid up for 30 days. Um, so so essentially, I we could see some NXT people we, don't, we still don't know if we've heard of everybody that's been released for NXT because they've went under the radar, but we could see some former NXT people popping up in the next, you know, I say 30 days, that was two weeks ago, so in the next two or three weeks we could see stuff happening, and then the rest of it is mid-July. Um, but I, the, the other thing, the other interesting thing was uh, trademarks. Uh, obviously, we're talking a lot about legal stuff now, you know, contracts being uh, kind of cut short and stuff like that. Cody Rhodes filed a load of trademarks, firstly starting off with, with Cody Rhodes, um, because, I don't know, it, it, that one of the things that goes under the radar is that he is just called Cody, um, just because we're also used to calling him Cody Rhodes. Um, he doesn't own the trademark for Cody Rhodes, so he tried to get that one back. Um, no news on that one, but he's applied for a load of event trademarks. This is something they'd spoke about back on um, the AEW first podcast, and it was essentially that he really wanted um, the Starcade one, and he, he couldn't get it because WWE are still using it. So he's just been filing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other ones, <laughs> I think, and I hope that he'll eventually get the Starcade one. Obviously, we've known that, you know, Bash at the Beach, they already had a, a kind of variation of that for the Jericho Cruise. But there's Bash at the Beach, then Slamboree, Super Brawl, um, and they have tried to claim the Dusty Rhodes name as well, which... He'd said that they'd let WWE use it um, a few months ago for the, the tag team tournament as well, let them use the name. So we'll see how that one goes, but WWE are opposing a couple of the names. They've not opposed the Dusty Rhodes one, which, you know, we, we always say WWE in terms of morality and, and ethics and stuff, they do take a lot of flack. I think this one, people would have been a wee bit annoyed if they'd have, yeah. if they'd have you know, tried to oppose that one. But they have opposed the likes of Slamboree. Um, so... Wait and see what happens. I guess we'll see if uh, AEW chuck out any new pay-per-views over the next few months that have got their names. But uh, yeah, legal stuff, we'll probably not find out until it actually does happen unless the legal papers get leaked at some point. Hey, thank you very much for all the news, Gary. John, you're missing a very important piece of news. What am I missing, Alex? TK have announced a new wrestling game. Oh, have they? <laughs> yeah. So they've cancelled. Uh, 2K21's in the bin, and um, that's not happening. Yeah, so 2K21's in the bin, we know that. So they're now releasing, they're listening to the fans, and they're creating a more stylized arcade version called 2K Battlegrounds. Like a wrestling version of, remember FIFA Street, that kind of thing? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah it looks a lot like an uh, all-star still wrestling game. Mm. It looks a lot like that. 
Oh, right. Okay. So when is that due out? This fall. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, so it's just it's kind of a stopgap while they redo a lot of 22. I think they probably got a lot of work to do after 2K20, to be honest. Oh, they do. Yeah. Oh, this one they said um, it's going to be more of a, a pick up and play kind of game. Like they said, it will have a few wee features, but it's more of a pick up and play arcade game while they focus on getting things right for 2K22, which I've got to say is a good idea because everything they got wrong with the last one was about gameplay and realism and, and graphics. So to just chuck out a nice wee arcade game as a, a filler is definitely a good idea in my book. Look forward to that, and I'm sorry we missed that off for you, Alex. <laughs> So welcome to this week's Fantasy Booking Island. As always, we have our marks segregated on two lovely isolated islands, making sure we're keeping up with that social distancing. I will be their incorruptible judge, presiding over these two very honourable marks as they give us their attempted booking at Charlotte dropping the NXT title. Now, I'm going to make one last executive decision here, and that is that John has to go first since he failed so miserably last week. Right, okay. So how many minutes have you said you wanted to... We we're going to do two minutes in the clock for this and you'd want to put up to three, don't I'm you? Gonna, I'm going to give you three. Aim for two and if you can, and I'll push you at three. Listen, I don't need three minutes. I'll be done in two. Don't you worry about that. Okay, so fair enough. In that case, That's John gets two minutes. Don't necessarily there. <laughs> After my disaster last week, I don't know what Somebody, somebody clip that audio. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, right, okay. Just So I'm going first then, yeah? Tell yeah. me... It's about to start then. Okay, on the count of three, two, one. Okay, so after defending, which is it, they're likely going to happen against Mia Yim and obviously the number one contender, which is Io Shirai, who is next for Charlotte Flair? And that's where I'm going to go with. Who's next? Let's start a Goldberg style run. So it's an open challenge. Anyone is able to come down and fight Charlotte every week. She's so confident she'll beat everyone, and she does. Everyone of the NXT division comes down one after the other, after the other, after the other. And they all get wiped out by Charlotte to the point that there's no one left. There's absolutely no one left. She defends every week. There's no one left. So we get to a point where no one can beat her. So if you can't beat her, join her. So then we have a faction created by Charlotte called the Queen's Court, which is formed of Io Shirai, Mia Yim, Dakota Kai, and Raquel Marquez. Now... They've got the NXT belt, they're going on the hunt. Much like the Nexus, they turn up at SmackDown, they turn up at Raw, and they run across all the women's divisions there. Bolt belts fall, so I don't know who'll have the SmackDown at that point. I suspect Becky will still have the, the belt there. So belt goes on to Charlotte, the other belt goes on to Charlotte. She's holding the three titles aloft, okay? This all builds and it just gets ridiculous as they, as they run through the division. The ball builds to Survivor Series where it's the Queen's Court versus a selection of wrestlers. Let's just say, for example, uh, we've got on one side Becky, Sasha, uh, the Kabuki Warriors, and let's say Shayna Baszler in there. Okay, match goes on, comes down to two versus two. It's Io and Charlotte on one side, it's the Kabuki Warriors in our... The heel turn happens in the background in the meantime, but I meant to add that Eo's been kind of fucking things up. She's been dropping, she's getting the blame for the team losing tag teams, triple threats. Eo, boom, and Charlotte versus the Kabuki Wars comes down to its Survivor Series. Charlotte gets a turn on Eo, Eo does a turn on Charlotte. 
the three Japanese girls go over and then they form a faction called the Yakuza and they hunt down Charlotte's be belts and at the end of it, both Io, Oscar and Kairi Zane all have the gold. That's me. Excellent. So, so, wait, so just to clarify, you're having Io Shirai take the belt off? Charlotte take the NXT belt off Charlotte then? Eo takes the Eo takes the NXT, Oscar takes the Raw, Kyrie takes the SmackDown, and then they go both all go back to their own individual pass after the Yakuza run over that. I like that. I like the build you've done at the end. I do have a couple of comments. One, your naming conventions can go in the bin with AEW, so I'll tell you that <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like the Yakuza, though I think it's a little bit of a Jerry Lawler name and you might get done for casual racism. <laughs> Japanese Mafia is the Yakuza. Yeah, I know, but it's just racial impact. The Queen's Court is a good name for it, though, isn't it? I'm sure it's get, but you can't. It's, the King's Court's surely been done so many times. No, <laughs> Queen's. Right, okay. Well, the other, the other big one is, for someone who talks about how good the NXT women's division is, I'm genuinely surprised you had a running over everyone. I know, I know. I just... The NXT women, I mean, obviously I've not built into that Rhea Ripley kind of coming back either. Um, it's fantasy booking, you can do what you want, she, You can do what she, you want. She could come in somewhere along the line and, you know, ruffle feathers as a challenger, but she gets wiped out. But yeah, I have kind of buried the NXT women's division. I can see what you're going with that. But I but just I wanted to get to the finish of, like, the, the kind of Japanese Yakuza faction and Io getting her big moment. I'm going to have to start referring to the Kabuki Warriors as the Accuser every week. <laughs> <laughs> right, so that's me, that's me done. So Gary, you've, you've got quite a task there, and I... John saved him stuff. He even came in at 2 minutes and 30 seconds, so I mean... Oh, I need that I, I mean to, the I mean to go over, I may mean need to take my three minutes here because I've got <laughs> quite a bit. Um, but, I, uh, but before I start, I should say that because I've been so horrendous with the past two, I've decided to do a WWE 2K and uh, just go completely unrealistic with mine. Um, so it's, it's it's fantasy booking rather than realistic booking. Right, That's go for it. Three, two, one. So I, I've got, um, right now, obviously, I've got Charlotte um, against Mia Yim. I've got her doing the, you know, the John Cena thing going forward for a bit Well, she has really good matches with people, except is a bit of a heel and wins by nefarious tactics. But she beats, defeats uh, Mia Yim. William Regal comes out uh, on NXT and says, Charlotte, since you came to NXT and took the main prize, I think there should be a second prize for the women. But rather than having a title belt, we're going to actually have a second women's money in the bank briefcase just solely for NXT. Um, and because, Charlotte, you have fallen to the money in the bank before, Maybe that's what you're trying to escape when you came to NXT. So obviously, at the next um, at the next NXT takeover, we've got the Shirai match. Charlotte beats Ayo Shirai again. Great match, um, but but she comes away with a win. We've got every other woman for NXT. We've got ten names fighting in the Money in the Bank. Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai are controlling the full match. They're fighting. Uh, Reina Gonzalez comes out to help Kai. She's the one that isn't in the match. Charlotte's been sitting at ringside during this. She equalizes. They fight away, they brawl everywhere, and they actually end up brawling back in the zone where all the electricity is. So we get a black, complete blackout in the arena. We don't find out who wins the Money in the Bank briefcase because when the lights come off, it's just a confused referee there. The woman aren't even there anymore. So we end up going forward with this uh, Charlotte, you know, doing a kind of, she's essentially done a face turn to help Tegan Knox. So we go with Charlotte and Knox against Kai and, and uh, Dakota Kai. 
Enrina Gonzalez. They get their match. Uh, Charlotte turns on Knox during the match and ends up siding with Dakota Kai and Reina Gonzalez. She defeats everybody there is to defeat. You know, everybody that's in NXT you now. And who turns up but Tessa Blanchard, who has left Impact Wrestling. We get a lengthy feud with that. We end up with um, the first ever NXT uh, Hell in a Cell match after, um, essentially, Charlotte's been using those two to win. You need those two at the one day. So those two are away, and we've got the Hell in a Cell match. With Ric Flair on one side, you've got Tully Blanchard on the other, who's came over for AEW. No, no, no idea why he has, but it has anyway. Charlotte wins, um, and she's like, right, there's no male challengers. So Rhea Ripley comes back. And she says, I've still got beef with you. You beat me, but it was a one-off match. Um, I've still got to get my, my rematch. So we get a rematch. She's going to bring the, the belt back to NXT properly, bring it back to the people. We get a couple of weeks of build where the Iconics keep saying to uh, Rhea Ripley, you could use us for this um, this feud. We, we could have uh, your back for this and you could make sure you beat Charlotte. No, 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 I need to do it on my own. So we have the, the match at a takeover um, a couple of, you know, in the future. Charlotte is kind of dominating the match. Um, the Iconics come out. Rhea Ripley gets up, stares down the Iconics. But you know what he's doing? From behind the no, 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 over. Man, right. I'll disqualify myself because I think I need to give you away the ending. Um, Tony Storm appears, smashes Rhea Ripley in the back with a chair. It looks like she's going to team with Charlotte, but instead the Iconics take out Charlotte. Those two get booted by the referee. And what happens, the music hits and the Money in the Bank winner comes out and it's Shotzi Blackheart in her tank. She pins Charlotte. And it ends up like poetic justice, like what happened two years ago with Charlotte, where the Iconics have cost her to the Money in the Bank winner. Actually, I spoke quicker. No, no, I thought that was, that was very well thought out. You, do, you are trying to also make an Australian Yakuza. John, what's an Australian Matthew yes. Gold? What are you calling your faction, Gary? Uh, Grill in the Barbie. No, um, I hadn't thought of that much. Uh, maybe uh, the Wizards of Oz. Go for that. Oh, that's, that's good. good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> but it'd be the Witches of Oz. It'd be the Witches of Oz. Aye. Essentially, I was going to um, do that full thing, but rather than have shots here, I was going to just have uh, Bianca Belair winning the actual money in the bank and cashing in rather than having an NXT one. But I decided to just go the, the whole walk. Yeah. And my other big question is, how in the hell do you intend to get Tessa Blanchard into a WWE contract after all of the nonsense that she put everyone through? Aye, <laughs> uh, we could probably remove that bit, but I was like, oh, do you know what? I'm just going to yeah. go as unrealistic as we possibly can. Quite right, quite right. Gary, I'm afraid, as good and as thought out and as much as I enjoyed that booking, you need to be disqualified for going over your three minutes. Time on yes! It. We have to play by the rules. So this week, after failing miserably last week, the winner is Mr. John McAnally. Can't do my Triple H water spray for You definitely me. can, sir. You definitely can. That's <laughs> <laughs> not to put John's... Actually, yeah, that, that made me sound like I did... John, it was a very righteous winner. Very righteous Thank winner. you. I'm glad Thank Gary you, got yeah. himself disqualified. Does that mean I have, the book next, I have the book next week and it's you against Gary then, Alex? Well, you get to pick, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's how it is. You can... Right, Okay. I've got the book next week. Thanks very much, Gary. It was a solid job, but there can only be one winner. <laughs> so, no 10 count this week, but instead we bring to you a big interview, which our friend and fellow Mark, Gary Cassidy, was able to get this week. Um, one of the WWE's release stars here on Wrestling Daft. It's the virtuosa Diona Parazzo. How did you get on with her, Gary? 
I am um, brilliant. So it was one of those things. I was like, I'm just going to reach out and see if she's up for a wee chat. Um, you know, it seemed like it was a bit of a surprise that she got let go for WWE. But as you'll hear, it was not a surprise to her. Um, she was very honest, very open, very candid. Quite happy to tell me what she wants to do next and opened up about, um, you know, there was a lot of rumours that she and Chelsea Green were going to be a tag team on Raw. Um, she told me why that didn't happen. Um, she kind of also went into where she would like to go next. That was a bit of an obvious name that, that people will probably be able to guess before they hear it anyway. But I know she was brilliant, very, uh, very candid, very open, and all you can ask for an interview in terms of she would answer every question I gave her. So hopefully people enjoy it. Hopefully it's a... Uh, Something that uh, will give them a wee bit of insight into what happens when somebody gets released as well for WWE. And hopefully we'll see her uh, in a certain company soon. So here she is. Everyone else will probably know her from her NXT days and, you know, a little bit here and there in WWE. But I actually first get introduced to the person I'm about to talk to through the Taz show, um, where she was a special correspondent for independent wrestling. Which was great. That's how I got introduced to her. It was a long time ago now, um, and I've just been watching her ever since. It's the virtuosa herself. It's Diona Perazzo. How's it going today? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Apart from being indoors, but we can't really help that, sadly. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a few things we need to get out of the way first before we get into some of the more fun stuff. It would be remiss of me not to ask these questions, sadly. Um, but I say yeah. sadly, um, you were released from WWE this week. I never like putting sadly in there because, you know, for some people it's not a sad thing. Um, for you, how did it come about? Did yeah. it come out straight out of the, of the blue? Is it a sad thing for you or is it an opportunity or how do you feel about it? I wouldn't say it was a sad thing because um, I kind of knew in my heart that I would get a call last week. And it's not something I think that I didn't expect because I was unhappy for the last six or so months. Um, with what I was doing in NXT. And I let office people know that. We had conversations where I said, if nothing's going to happen for me, I'd just rather be let go. Yeah. Um, so I think overall, I was really, I must have been afraid to just ask straight up to be released. <laughs> but once they fired me, it was kind of like, okay, this is what I wanted. Like, I wasn't ever scared of that. So um, exciting times is more is more what I'm looking forward to than being sad. Yeah, the, the only thing for me that I found strange about it, obviously it was like you were on TV a lot, but the one thing I found really strange was that, you know, everyone else got announced as being released, but yourself and a few of the other NXT talents, it kind of flew under the radar, and it was like you just got yeah. moved from one section to a website to another, which was a bit, I don't know, that was a bit disappointing for me. Was it the same for you, or is, was it just didn't matter? Um, I didn't know if they were going to release NXT people. And when I had gotten the call, um, they hadn't announced anyone from NXT yet. So I don't know if I was the first or if I was the last, but I just thought, screw it. I'm going to announce it on my own. I'm going to get one step ahead of them on this and it's going to be on my terms. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they'll ever make a statement about it, but there was a bunch of people released. And, um, I think in process of elimination, everyone has kind of seen who those people are, but uh, yeah, it was just really weird to not announce it. Yeah, that's what I found as well. Um, the one thing, though, the great thing that came um, from you taking it upon yourself to announce it was the huge outpouring of support that you got um, from wrestlers, from journalists, yeah. from, from fans. 
How was that for you? And also, is there any WWE superstar that reached out to you from that? Who was the first person that spoke to you? Yeah, I, I think the first person probably from WWE that had reached out was Nat. <laughs> and um just from over the last year uh and i was traveling a little bit with raw and since you know everything's been happening at the pc like that's someone i've just kind of gained a relationship with over the last maybe three or four months and it was it was really thoughtful of her to reach out but like bailey reached out um naya reached out like a bunch of people that i worked with and got to know on a somewhat personal level um, which I thought they didn't have to do considering people they work with every day were fired. So I thought it was just really sweet. But like, it was crazy to see the amount of support and love and like interactions my tweet got. Like on that thing on Twitter where you could see like the hits, it had like 2 million hits, which is like, I got more popularity being fired by WWE than I did the entire two years I was there. <laughs> um, you know, so it was... And fans have just like bought so much merch and it, my pro wrestling tees blew up. Like it was really nice to know I wasn't forgot about. And I think that is the biggest takeaway for me is like, okay, I did have an impact, um, whether it be WWE or from what I did on the indies and Ring of Honor, things like that. Just it, it reminded me of who I am and what I can do. Yeah, and that's, uh, I'm going to go into that a little bit later on. Um, don't worry, that's definitely going to get mentioned. Um, but the one thing I need to ask, again, this is just a, a clarification. Um, so from speaking to a lot of the other uh, people that were released, they've all said they've got a 90-day no-compete clause. Um, I know that obviously we're in unprecedented times, things may not happen anytime soon. Are you under a 90-day compete clause, mm -hmm. or is it 30 days which has been reported? Or is, is there a non-compete clause at all? So we have a... Um the main roster got 90 days and NXT got 30. So I have a 30 day non-compete, 30 days I'll be paid for. Um, so that gets me to the end of March and then I'm free to do whatever I want. Yeah, excellent. And that, that was the one thing that I'd heard that, but it's always nice to get it from someone who is directly in the situation so that it's not rumoured. And the one thing that I think is great that I am, again, I don't like assuming things, but I'm going to assume that after WWE, you're going to be named Diona Perrazzo because that's what you were named yes. before you were in WWE. And was that a difficult <laughs> thing for you to get them to let you use your name while you were there? Because a lot of people had their names changed. Yeah, I, um, it wasn't too difficult. I had only got asked once before the May Young when I was first hired, yeah. so back in 2018, um, to send a list of potential names. And I didn't until they were like, you didn't do this and you need to do it. Um, and then I sent them... Uh, a list of potential last names. And I said, my name is Deanna and you'll never have another Deanna. So <laughs> if I can't keep my last name, here's last names um, that I'd like. And I just never heard anything back and it was never another conversation. So Deanna Perrazzo is my birth name. Yeah. Um, so I get to keep that forever. <laughs> that's great news. That's the one thing I'm going, I don't want to assume that, but I'm pretty certain she'll still be Deanna Perrazzo because she was before she was in WWE. Um, but yeah, that's the, the thing yeah. that you, I think a lot of people in WWE were familiar with you before you were officially signed because you'd done so yeah. much in terms of you know, you were most recently on Raw facing Nia Jax. You'd already faced her in NXT six years ago before you were signed. Uh, but my yeah. favourite thing that you ever done in WWE before you got signed, because I loved everything else, was the La Luchadora stuff. Um, where yeah. We were back then. How was that? And yeah. how was it working with people like Mickey James and Becky Lynch? 
Yeah, it was, it was really funny. And I feel like the theme of my career is like, last minute, I get these crazy <laughs> opportunities and I'm not ready for them and they just happened. So um, I was in Puerto Rico and John Cohn had texted me, um, who is a referee, but yeah. also is in talent relations. And was like, hey, could you give me a call when you have a chance? I have a really cool opportunity. So I called him and it was like, if you're interested, we'll fly you to Raw on Monday. And I was like, it's Saturday and I'm not even in the, in the country. Like, um, luckily I was home in time. I flew uh, to Raw and then, yeah, it was, it was just like, this is real. And at the same time, Carmella was doing a lot with James Ellsworth. So, um, the possibility of like, hey, I could skip NXT as a whole if I really impress right now and just be on SmackDown in some capacity was real. Yeah, and that, that actually leads on perfectly to the next thing I was going to ask where we've spoken about everyone you've worked with. Is there anyone yeah. that you didn't get to work with that you're now like, oh, that's quite annoying. I really wish I'd got to do something with them. Yeah, Natty, of course, hands down is like my dream match. Um, that is like realistic. Um, and then I worked with Bailey once in NXT, yeah. but I'd love to actually, as part of the roster, get to do that and, and showcase myself a little bit more. Um, and then same with Sasha Banks. Yeah. Um, those are three people that I, I admire um, and I think are amazing wrestlers. And I would really love, you know, if one day that was possible to work with them. Yeah, that was, um, I'd obviously love to see those matches, but there was one little annoyance for me as well, and it's the fact that we didn't get to see a lot of VXT. Um, yeah. was, you know, there was a lot <laughs> of stuff on social media. There was even rumours yeah. um, rumors floating about that you guys were going to get, you know, called up. I hate that term, but you're going to get called up to Raw. Um, you'd both been on Raw. Was that ever going to be something that came to fruition, or was it just a complete missed opportunity? Well, we were told in NXT that we would be debuting um, from, from Triple H. And he kind of asked us to brainstorm ideas for vignettes and for backstage things. And this was right when NXT was going live. So um, he was like, you might not get a chance to be on TV every week, but in the ring. But if we could do backstage stuff or things that are done at home, um, just come up with any and all ideas and, and shoot them to creative. And we did that. We did that twice. And we never heard anything back. And then it was that Chelsea was going to debut without me. And, um, but I would come in when I was ready. And I probably like squashed that a little bit because I flipped out. <laughs> and I was just kind of like, I've asked for, for 18 months now how I can be TV ready. And I'm finally getting an opportunity to be on TV and I'm not ready. Like, that's on you. That's not on me. I am ready. You just, you're just choosing me not to be. Um, and, uh, and then we randomly got a call to go to Raw. And we've heard that it was potentially to do a tag match, or, but nothing was ever confirmed. So as far as being called up, we don't know. Um, I think we just kind of took those opportunities, me with Asuka and her with Charlotte, and just killed them. And we impressed people at Raw, and we just kept being asked back. Um, but obviously there's like, like this with NXT and, and Raw and, and people being called up. And, you know, so um, we got brought back down to NXT and we're told it wasn't meant to be a call up. So there was just a lot of confusion, I think, on everyone's ends of what was happening with us, um, especially with myself and Chelsea. So, uh, but damn, like, I love VXT. She's my real life best friend. 
And if I was going to be in a tag team and just have fun with anyone, it's 100% her. And um, I'm sad we didn't get to do anything with it. Yeah, definitely. I've, I've got a few more wrestling-related questions, but I want to throw in a fun one. Um, hopefully this is something you've not been asked before. I like to try and ask something different, so hopefully this is that. Everyone always asks, okay. you know, fantasy booking, who's your dream opponent? You've already said Natalia is the realistic dream opponent. Rather than yeah. fantasy booking a match, I know you love tattoos, I love tattoos. I want you to fantasy book a tattoo for a wrestler. You can pick any wrestler and put any tattoo of your choosing on that wrestler. Who do you pick and what do you put on them? Oh my God. Oh God. <laughs> um, okay, well, this kind of is like a real life thing. And I'm not going to answer your question at all because I have no idea, but I have a funny story about it. So <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. And I have ma- <laughs> Tony Storm and I have matching tattoos. Oh, and, okay. Um, yeah, so we did download festival last yeah. June. And in the VIP section, there is, um, they have like a free tattoo booth. Yeah. And so basically we were like, oh, we'll get tattoos. We'll get what we want. But they couldn't draw things just for the like amount of people that wanted tattoos. So yeah. they had like a board with just like generic whatever tattoos um like old school really thick chunky tattoos yeah. so on both of our ankles we have um a drunk duck that is holding a beer uh, Amazing. so i guess fantasy wise we booked ourselves with these terrible tattoos <laughs> <laughs> that is a uh, great for me because it means i share something in common with you mine's isn't a duck but i got tattooed at download festival last year too <laughs> so oh, really? like, amazing yeah so i'm like that's great. I can, I can say that I've got something in common with both Diona Perrazzo and Tony Storm. Um, so back to the wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you signed with uh, WWE, um, you'd previously been announced to be a part of All In. Is there any regret there at all? Or is there any bad blood in that um, in, in terms of you not being there and then going to WWE? Yeah, I think that I definitely regret it. Looking at how my WWE tenure turned out. Um, and I think for anyone, like, WWE is their dream job. And at the time, All In was just All In. There was no AEW. Yeah. So we didn't know what was going to happen. And it was like, well, do I say no to my dream job and trying my dream job? Because I had tried for so long to get this job and didn't get it. And that's why I said yes. Um, and I still went to All In. I was still there. I, I, I watched in the hotel room, but, um, you know, I still went to the after party and tried to support the entire show. And my best friends were on the show. And um, it was amazing. And I really felt disappointed that I couldn't be a part of it. Looking back now, I regret not being a part of it because I thought, like, this is my time. I've proved I'm going to be a superstar to WWE. They are going to do something with me. And then they did nothing for two years. So it's like, well, I should have waited realistically but what are you gonna do you know yeah hindsight's a wonderful thing i guess that's the one thing that you can't really control um i've got one last question for you i've got a feeling yeah. this is going to be that you know we already said the fantasy yeah. question is the one that everyone gets asked this is no doubt the question that you're going to be asked by everyone but i need to ask it anyway you've wrestled everywhere of course you've been to ring of honor yeah. you said there you were at all in but backstage you've been in wwe you've been everywhere Where's next? Where do you want to go, ideally? Oh, um, I, I, I guess ideally, like, I haven't been to AEW yet. Yeah. So, 
my best friend, Britt Baker is my best friend. She works there. Like they have a kick-ass women's division now. It's a lot of people I've never worked with. Um, and it's a brand new product. So I would love to experience that and be a part of it. Um, that being said, if that's not an option, um, you know, Impact has an amazing women's division right now. Tessa Blanchard has done some really cool things. Um, Kate, uh, Kylie Ray just signed there. Um, Kiara's there. There's a really good group of girls, Taya, um, that are doing awesome stuff that I would love to also be a part of, but, um, I don't know. I don't know. I'd love to go back to Japan. I'd love to go to Australia again. Like if I could wrestle in England again, I'd love that. There, it's like I would just love a shot at at saying screw you, WWE. <laughs> really excellent. And that's I've I've already said that I've been following you since before WWE, so I know yeah. that no doubt where you land, you're definitely going to be a star and make oh, the most of that so opportunity. Much. No, thank you. Thank you so much for talking to me. It's been an absolute pleasure for me, obviously. And, you know, while we're stuck indoors, what better for me to do than talk to Diona Perazzo? So thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. Excellent. So that's it from our episode of Wrestling Daft Marks. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much, Gary, for bringing that brilliant interview with Diona. That was cracking, mate. Thank you. I hopefully, hopefully people enjoyed it as much as I did because... Well, actually, I don't care if they did, because I enjoyed it anyway. So <laughs> if people enjoy it, it's a bonus. But if no, I go to have fun. <laughs> and thank you very much to Alex sitting in the Zubas there. It's and just release more Zubas. Give me my Yahweh Zubas. WWE. That's, for, that's all I have to say. For putting me over in Fantasy Island as well, Alex. Thank you very much. I need some, uh, some green shots of black heart Zubas, and then I'll be happy. Um, thanks very much for listening. Before we go, um, what the boys will be back. Rab and Grady will be back this Friday. Guest TBC. We're hoping for a big American wrestler this week. Um, that's what Grado's currently working on. Names encoded Bob Holly. So fingers crossed that comes off. So he's I've got a bit of a new nickname for you, John, in the back of your Tuesday plug. And it's Jinx It John, because every time you plug a big wrestler, it doesn't come off. Yeah, pretty much. It's pretty much Aye. that. Reedy <laughs> Davey was great last week. We were meant to have Jimmy Havoc, but that fell through. Um, fingers crossed Jimmy will come on in our time. But um, yeah, we'll wait and see what turns up on Friday. Um, before we go, though, uh, list of wrestling daft this week. There was a big vote on our Patreon. Of course, you can sign up there, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Get to vote on our list of wrestling daft. Now, we put up 25 years of uh, Triple H celebrating that, the anniversary. We put up Triple H's greatest moments. And it's also another anniversary this week. It's 20 years since David Arquette won the WCW Championship. So we also thought we'd put up there this week, the worst people to have a title on them. Um, and it looks rather negatively that that's going to win. So Rabbi Green will be talking about that on the podcast this week. Alex, I'll come to you first. Who do you think the worst person to have a title on them is? Got to be Hulk Hogan because of all that creative control. <laughs> oh, that's a total cop out. Though. That's a total cop out. Controversial, controversial. Gary, what's for you? Well, I actually thought that uh, Alex was going to go for somebody else because I interpreted it as not being a world title. I thought it was going to be Gronk. Um, <laughs> Gronk. Because that's just the worst decision. I, as long as it doesn't need to be a world title, it's Gronk. But I'm, um, I'm refusing to listen to anybody that says Jinder Mahal 
because he was a good champion. Don't care what anybody says. No, I, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. Uh, so, yeah, Gronk, that's a good shout, actually. So, yeah, if you want to get um, your suggestions in for the list of Wrestling Daft and worst title holders, uh, you can do that on our Twitter, at Wrestling Daft, on Instagram, Wrestling Daft Podcast, and it's just Wrestling Daft on Facebook. Boys, thank you very much for being Marks, and we'll be marking out at the same time next week. Audio Frontier.